So the thing that, that happened is that all those kids expected one thing and got another, right? When you're opening a Christmas gift, uh, you expect it to be a good one. But in that video, they were intentionally bad Christmas gifts for the comedy of it, obviously. But, but uh, sometimes in our lives, we feel like that. Last week, we talked about how uh, sometimes God doesn't meet our time expectations and we think something's going to happen soon and it takes a long time to happen and God has his own time. We talked about what to do while we're waiting. And tonight we're going to talk about some other things that God does with our expectations. Like we have a certain expectation of God, but he'll do things a little different than our plan. And so we're going to look at two Bible stories. Um, if you want to pull out your U version, they're on the U version ready to go. Um, the first one, I'm not actually going to put any scripture on the screen because I'm just going to give an overview of it. I'm going to give you all the big important points. Um, so we're starting in Luke chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 41 through 55. Now, this is a story of a guy named Jairus. Okay, Jairus is the best way I know to pronounce his name. And Jairus comes to Jesus because his daughter is dying. He's got a daughter who's about 12 years old. Okay, and so he comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. I need you to come and heal her. Like, will you please come and heal her? And so uh, Jesus, he's like, yeah, sure, let's go. So they start walking towards, towards Jairus' house. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Right? I think I talked about that just a few weeks ago. And so that happens right here. This is where in the story she gets healed. And so... Jairus is, is walking with Jesus. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's go to my house so you can heal my daughter. Then this woman with the issue of blood, she crawls through the crowd. She touches the hem of Jesus' robe, like the bottom, the bottom of what he's wearing. And she gets healed because her faith is so great. And, so, and Jesus notices it. Jesus is like, hey, somebody, somebody touched me. And even his disciples, they're all like, dude, we're in a big crowd. Everybody's close to us. Like, we have no personal space. Everybody's touching you. He's like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me. I felt the power leave, leave me. I felt my power go out. Now, I need, I need two volunteers. Um, I need one to be the woman and one to be Jesus. Okay? Um, okay. Come, uh, come on up, Cody. Cody's going to be Jesus. And Ashton, because you're close, you, you can be the woman. So here's what's up. So I'm going to be Jairus, okay? So you come over here a second. Okay. Actually, you know what? Go behind him. Go, like, over there. So Jairus lives over here, right? And so me and Jesus, we're walking. We're going towards Jairus' house. And she touches the bottom of his clothes, or, yeah, just, like, t barely touch him, right? Jesus feels it. Jesus turns around starts talking to her. Okay? So they're talking. Now, imagine you're me. Imagine you're Jairus. And you're like, hey, hey, hey Jesus, why'd you stop? Like, why'd you turn around? No, 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 my daughter's over here, though. I don't care about her that much. My daughter's over here. The one who's dying, she's over here. Well, like, you know, that's the situation. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. I just want to get that visual. Give him a hand for that great demonstration. Woo! I can just see Jairus, like, Jesus, my house is this way. Why'd you stop? Why'd you turn around? Or why are you looking at her? That is this situation that Jairus is in, and it's painful for him because his daughter is dying. And yet Jesus has stopped and is paying attention to somebody else. He's like, no, 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 I was here first. I was here first. You ever say that when you're a little kid? I was here first. I get the, you know, whatever, right? You still do that, honestly. Let's be real. We still do that. And that's Jairus. He's like, hey, listen, Jesus, 
I, I was already here. So then what happens is a messenger shows up right after this. A messenger shows up, and he's like, hey, listen, you didn't even need to come to Jairus' house. The girl, the girl died. You didn't make it in time. And Jesus says, listen, Jairus, all you got to do is believe. It's okay. You still got to believe. Now, despite the fact that Jairus was probably a little annoyed at what had happened, I also think that his faith was probably increased. Because here's the thing. If you've never seen somebody do a miracle, but you believe they're going to, that's one thing. That's a pretty high level of faith, right? That's a pretty high level of faith. Um, but then imagine that. You're like, okay, I think he can do this. And then you actually see him do a miracle. And even though the timing was jacked up and, you know, Jerry's like, dude, what the heck? Still, he just watched a miracle happen right next to him. That's pretty cool, right? That would probably raise your faith, and I don't think it's an accident that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old, and the one with the issue of blood, how long had she been sick? 12 years. So Jesus is like, look, your daughter's only been sick a little bit. This lady's been sick your daughter's whole life. Watch me heal her and tell me I can't heal your daughter. And so that's exactly what happened. Jesus says, hey, man, all you got to do is believe. And he shows up to Jairus' house, and the, lady, the girl's laying there dead, and everybody's got their, their mourning. They're having a funeral, and Jesus just, like, walks up, takes her by the hand, and goes, get up. And she gets up. That's all it, that's all it takes. My favorite part, the last line of the verse, of, of verse uh, 55, he goes, now somebody get this girl something to eat. Like that, he, Jesus, he looks out for, you know, he looks out for the fat kid, man. He wants to make sure everybody's fed. He does. I mean, you know, that was paraphrased, but he really does. He says, bring this girl something to eat. Like, that's the end of that story, pretty much, is Jesus raising her from the dead and making sure she's fed. So here's the thing. Here's the first thing Jesus will do to our expectations. Sometimes he'll interrupt them. He'll interrupt our plans, and he interrupts our plans so that he can show us something better. You may think, you know what, that lady wasn't that sick compared to a dead chick, but she'd been sick for 12 years. And Jesus still did the other thing. He didn't forget about Jairus' daughter, which, you know, we probably would have. We get distracted by everything. Right? Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. I do. I get halfway through something I'm doing, I get a text message, and I've totally forgotten what was happening. We all have that. Anybody ever walked in a room and forgot what you were looking for because you got distracted? You ever go to the fridge, like, you, 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 know, you know there's something good in the fridge, and you get there, and you're like, what was I going to eat? What was I going to eat? We're easily distracted. But Jesus, even though, yes, he'll interrupt our plans sometimes, and he will. He'll, like, change up the time frame. He'll, he'll be like, hey, listen, while you're thinking about that, I'm going to do this awesome thing, and then I'm also going to do that thing for you. That's cool, too, if that's right. I'm going to get them both done because he's Jesus, and he can do that. So sometimes God will interrupt your plan so that he can show you something better, and that's frustrating. We're like, God, you said this was going to happen, or God, I'm believing for this plan in my life, and, 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 you know, and, and we, we, we set these time frames. We put these, these, like, all right, God, here's my calendar. Okay, by this date, I'm going to be this. And by this date, I'm going to be that. And by this date, I'm going to be this. I think of it in my own life. You know, I never planned on being 30 by the time I got married. I always figured I'd be married when I was 25, 26, 27. 
But it didn't happen that way. All right, God's plans were different for me. And, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, Jen and I, my, my fiance, we were friends back before I moved here to Odessa. And if we had started dating and gotten serious while I was in there in Riverview, I might not have been as open to moving across the country to be the youth pastor here. Who knows? I might have just said, you know what, I want to stay in Florida. You know, I'm going to stay close to Jan. I'm not going to do that. But God said, you know what, you're not going to get married quite in the time frame you thought you were going to. But instead, I'm going to take you to this awesome place. You're going to get to meet these awesome people and be the youth pastor at this awesome church. And you're still going to get to marry the pretty chick. So, you know. Yeah, it's a win. Exactly. It's a win-win. God, God didn't forget that other plan. He just interrupted a little bit, and for the better. Because now I get this awesome job, and I, and I get to, to be around you guys all the time, which I love. And I still get to marry Jen. So that's awesome. God, God works like that. Now, let's look in the book of Joshua. We, you know the book of Joshua. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. And we're in Joshua chapter 6. I'm not going to give you the whole rundown of the whole Joshua and Jericho story. But, but here's what you need to know. The point where we're talking about Joshua is about to capture Jericho. God has told him you're going to take the land of Canaan, and Jericho is the first, the first place you're going to stop. Okay, That's the first place you've you got to get. And so he knows he's going to capture Jericho. Now, remember, the Israelites, they've been wandering in the desert for how long? Forty years. I heard Alyssa say it first. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years, and during that time, they've gotten in some fights. Right? They've had to, to beat some enemies, and they've had to fight some battles. So Joshua, he's an army veteran. You guys ever know one of those people that just, they could kill you with their pinky? Right? We had this guy when I was growing up. His name was Mr. Tim, Tim Rogers. And uh, he was like this little, but I was terrified of that dude. I was terrified of him because he was like, ex-military, and that was like he was military before he knew Jesus, so it was like extra bad military, you know. He, he was the type of military who he wouldn't tell you what he used to do in the military kind of kind of thing. And we went to church together. Dude loves Jesus. Like, he's a great dude. Um, I'll admit, part of the reason I was scared of him because I kind of had a crush on his daughter at the time um, But because uh, he had a daughter my age. She was a homeschool kid. You know, she was, like, way, way smarter than anybody else my age. Um, and, she, and uh but I was scared of Mr. Tim. Like, he, he would have whooped me. You know, that's Joshua. Joshua is an Army veteran. He's not scared of a fight. And here's something they don't tell you. In the, it, like, you gotta, you got to look. you got to know a little more history to think about this. But in Jericho, they, there was about 2,500 people. Okay? 2,500 people. Not a, small, not a small group. Anybody know how many people the Israelites had with them? Just the army, just the dudes who could fight, it's about 400,000. It's more than a million total people. It's about 400,000 fighting men, the army itself. So come up here, Ben. Come here, Ben. I did this math. Uh, 400,000 versus 2,500 is approximately 160 to 1. Now, how many of you guys think Ben here could take our whole church? Our whole church runs right around 160. Anybody think he could take our whole church? Anybody? Cortland's got your back, man. Cortland says you can. He believes in you. He does. You guys don't think Ben could take the whole church? Maybe half you think Ben could take 80 people? That would be impressive. That would be impressive. 
If it was all the little kids and the nursery, he might could take them. Yeah, right? <laughs> that makes it worse. Little kids and the nursery makes it worse. So if you guys don't think Ben could take our whole church, that is the, that's the, the idea that Joshua had. He's like, God, there's 160 of us for every one person in Jericho. We could whoop Jericho. Thank you. You can have a seat. So Joshua, he's an army guy. He knows he's got the numbers on his side. He's ready to fight, right? He's like, let's just go. Let's go right here, right now. I'm going to take them. You guys know those people who want to fight all the time no matter what, right? Joshua had every right to be like that. He had, by the numbers, he could have done that and been fine. But here's God's plan for the battle. Joshua 6, starting in verse 3. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ranhorns in front of the ark. That's the Ark of the Covenant, not Noah's Ark. Um, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. I just imagine Joshua like, say what, God? You want to you wanna run, run that by me one more again? Did, did, did I hear you right, God? Did you just say... We're going to march around the city once a day for six days. And then the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. We'll blow up some trumpets, and we're going to shout, and the walls are going to fall down. Because, God, I've been fighting for most of my life, and I've never seen the walls fall down because of that. I've never seen, I've never seen a city get taken by the trumpet players. As a trumpet player, I can tell you, most of us are cocky, but we're weak. No. <laughs> we're all talk. we got no actual bite. No. He's like, God, I got 400,000 dudes here ready to go against these 2,500 people. I think we could take it. And God's like, no, 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 no. Do it my way. March around the city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, march around seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, you're going you're gonna to play the trumpets. Everybody's going to shout. And the wall's going to fall down flat. And that's exactly what happens. Joshua does it because he knows better. He spent a lot of time in the presence of God. There's a whole other sermon I could preach about that, but Joshua has spent lots of time in the presence of God, and so he knows, you know what, I better do what God says, because if he doesn't, I may die, because that's what happens to people when they, especially in that time, like, when people didn't do what God said, be like, okay, now you got to die, and uh, like at one point, the earth just opened up and swallowed like a bunch of people, just like a big crack in the ground, like in the movies or something, and a bunch of people just fell in and died, and, and, uh, and then, you know, Moses didn't listen to God when God said, hey, listen, I want you to, to talk to the rock and get water out. And Joseph said, no, I'm going to hit the rock instead. And they got water out. But then because of that, Moses didn't get to see the that's why Moses. That's why Joshua's leading this and not Moses. And so Joshua knew, you know what? I better do things God's way. Because here's the thing. God does things his way instead of our way so that he can get the glory. Because he's worthy of the glory. You're like, well, that's awfully cocky of him. He's God. He can be a little... You know, he, he's worthy of all the glory. And so we so when, when he does things in a different way than we thought was going to happen. He gets the glory. When he thinks when he does things in a different way than what we thought he was going to do it, he gets the glory. So here's where I want to end tonight. It's kind of short because we've got something else we've got to get to after the announcements. But here's where I want to end. 
you may be thinking, you know what, God, I had this idea of how things were going to go. I had this idea of how the school year was going to go or the summer was going to go or my life was going to go, whatever it may be. You have your idea. When God interrupts it or when God changes the method or he changes the how, you got two, two things you can ask of yourself. You can say, number one, what is God trying to show me that's better than what, you know, what is he trying to show me in the now when the other things come in the future? And two, how can God get the glory through this? Even though I don't understand the way it's going, I don't understand the why he would do it like this. When, God, when you think God has let you down, look for the bigger plan because he has one. I guarantee he has a bigger plan in mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, uh, Lord, for tonight. God, I thank you for, um, Lord, just for the way that you love us and for the way that you have big plans for us. God, we know the scripture that we quote all the time. You have good plans for us, plans to prosper us and give us a hope and a future and a promise. And God, I'm so grateful for those things. But God, I pray that when we're in that time where we can't see the what or we can't even see the why, or we don't know why this interruption has happened or why you're not doing things the way we thought you were going to do. Lord, that in those times we'd be reminded of, of Jairus and we'd be reminded of Joshua, Lord, and the way that you have your own perfect timing and you have your own perfect ways, uh, God. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would remind us of that. God, that when we get frustrated with you and we're not sure why in the world you are doing what you're doing, Lord, that you would just make it, let us see what you want us to see, God. Let us ask those questions. God, what are you trying to show me right now? How can you get the glory? God, I pray that you would do that in our lives, that you would work through us and in us even when we can't see why it's happening this way. God, I pray once again for every test that's going to be taken over the next several weeks, Lord, for all the, the sicknesses and other prayer requests that were mentioned earlier, Lord. Just pray for, God, for Ronnie and for Honesty in Montana again, Lord, just healing in their bodies, Heavenly Father. God, I pray that you would have your way in our lives and that your blessings would be evident, God, and your presence would be evident both to us and to the, those around us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.